Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Episode 180, Minimalist Investing. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are combining two of our favorite things, minimalism and money, to talk about minimalist investing. How do you feel about it, Jill? Oh, I feel great about it because we've got some awesome articles that really break it down in a digestible way. This is definitely a fringe topic for me. It's not something I am an expert on, but I think the growth that's present here and the ability to learn more, I think making it accessible to people who might not quite know, Mm -hmm. how do I invest? How do I go about this? And to attach it to the word minimal sounds attainable and more simple. And yes, if that's what you're thinking, Mm -hmm. yes, (laughs) that's what you're about to find here. Yes. And I think the most, I think the most popular thing I'm seeing from creators right now are courses about investing because it is the most difficult thing, I think, about personal finance. Everything else, I mean, besides taxes, but I mean, those those get into the weeds when you have a business. But like, I think investing is one of our most complicated subjects, but it doesn't have to be. You don't need a $500 course to learn investing. I have a $100 course. It's actually 77 because I give like discounts out like candy. So if you want one and you want a course on investing, I have one. But the meat of what you really need, we will cover in this episode. And we also have other episodes that kind of introduce the topic. So we have, if you want to queue up some episodes to play next, we have episode 94, which is Retirement 101, where we cover retirement accounts. We have episode 146, which is Understanding the Stock Market with Bola Sukunbi. Um, she has a fantastic book. So if you're looking for a book, I definitely highly recommend hers. And then episode 158, we talk specifically about Roth IRAs with Barbara Ginty. And I think what we're going to talk about today is primarily what goes into your retirement accounts. And so we like to use Roth IRAs. So just keep that in the back of your mind. I will say... Neither of us are registered or licensed financial advisors. If you need a personal specific help, like if you're a high income earner 
or you have some kind of inheritance or high net worth, then you'll definitely want to get a some kind of certified financial planner on your side. So mm-hmm. that is the disclaimer for this episode, but plenty of people get by with just the information that we are going to share in this episode. But um, definitely reach out to me if you have any more questions on what we go over. And similar to every other episode, we talk about what you find on the internet. When you do a Mm -hmm. first search about this, this is what you're going to find and breaking it down even further, giving more perspective and tangible tips on how to implement this with the recognition that, yeah, we are not certified financial planners. We don't have all those certificates for investment. I have a license for social work. <laughs> I I ran the retirement and investing beat at the Penny Hoarder when I worked there. So I was the I've written about investments extensively. Again, wrote a full course on them, but there are plenty of options. If you yeah. need like a visual like video slides and stuff, cool, take a course. I think if you just are good enough to read, highly recommend Bola Sukumbi's book. And if you just want to listen, if you just need an overview, then buckle up for what we're going to bring you after our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by our seven-day no-spend challenge. When you are listening to this, hopefully on release day, you will see it as the first day of the month. So hopefully you have your budgets made. But it's also the perfect time to do a no-spend challenge, especially if you want to do one for a month. This is kind of like our last month that it's going to be feasible to do one of these. But we highly recommend just start with a week. Start with a one week in October. And we've created a free mini workbook that will help you plan, execute, and reflect on a one week no spend challenge so that after seven days, you know what you need to work on moving forward, and you have an action plan to do so. So if that sounds like something you need, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash free to get yours. This is also brought to you by keeping it simple, not complicating things. That's it. Just keeping it simple. That was a very uh, one line, mm-hmm. one line of text. I kept so it simple. you are fulfilling that. <laughs> All right. Well, when I Googled minimalist investing, I came out with some pretty good. I think minimalist investing is becoming a buzzword now that minimalism is becoming mainstream. So I loved seeing that. So our first article is actually from a really well-known investing website, Motley Fool, um, which is fool.com, and it's minimalist investing tips for 2021 and beyond. What do you think of this one, Jill? I love tips. I love it when they keep it simple. So (laughs) I I think we can just go through all five of what they list Mm -hmm. out. Absolutely. So the first tip, and so we will go through these kind of tips, and then the second article will be um, more of the like funds, not specific funds, but like portfolio recommendations just for educational purposes. Uh, Another disclaimer you have to make. You have to make a lot of disclaimers when you're talking about investing. So if you ever see that on social media, I think nobody really cares what influencers say, but we still have to like say it just in case like one person gets mad. 
mad. So one person always gets mad. Though one person, it's always one person gets mad. So mm-hmm. she has to say it to like cover our butts. So the first tip from Motley Fool on this one is hold few funds. So make your investing as simple as possible. And we're going to talk a lot about funds. And so what funds are, are just mutually funded collections of stocks. The fund is like referencing the money, mutually funded. And it's just like collections of stocks. And typically it's, you know, a collection of all the stocks you know, that's the most common one you hear, but sometimes it can be like specifics, you know, types of stocks like technology or medical companies or just bonds or something. So holding fewer funds doesn't mean you are purchasing single stocks. It can mean the opposite, but holding as few as possible will make your portfolio more manageable, less intimidating, and easier to understand. The second tip on here is to trade only occasionally. So not only not having a ton of funds everywhere, also engaging with those funds minimally, not constantly Mm -hmm. tweaking and changing and moving. First of all, it can cost money whenever we do trade those and also it can make taxes a whole lot more complicated. And so they they list here, I'm just going to read off, it's a really helpful explanation here that trading trends can complicate your tax life. And depending on the broker that you're using, it can be quite costly. So one of the simplest ways to reduce taxes and fees is to not trade and let your investments do the long-term work. And that really is what the ultimate purpose of investment is, is it's a long game. It's not Mm -hmm. a short game. It's not, oh, I'm going to put in $10 this week and have hundreds of dollars next week. And so when we're constantly in it and moving things, it's just, it's complicated. It's not simple. And even the people who really know what they're doing oftentimes aren't even making out on it. They're just intrigued by trading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say once or twice a year. If you're a nerd about it, twice a year. If you don't really care about it, but you just know you need to invest, once a year. Pick a date on a January or uh, like a fall day, whatever. Maybe it's uh, October 2nd. Once a year, just to rebalance. That's all. That's the only reason you need to trade. You don't need to trade when the market is doing all these fluctuations, when the news is talking about the market, because the news has always talked about the market. They have like entire sections of newspapers and websites just on the market, entire websites, publications, (laughs) just on the market. So you're always going to find news of it, you know, potentially crashing or going up. So don't use that as your guide for when you rebalance your portfolio. Just pick a day and do it once a year. So, or, you know, twice or three times, depending on how you feel about it. So the third, I think, is the most important one on this list. Like, I think you can break all the other ones, but this is the most important one, and it is to auto-invest. I've always said that for people working on average incomes or below average incomes, the best way to invest is to invest 
early and often. And so that means start today and set up auto invest and invest literally every single month until you retire. I don't care how much it is, but never miss a month, even if it's just $10. Because once you meet a minimum, I mean, Fidelity has a $10 minimum to buy into a fund. ETFs you can do with even less. But I strongly believe that the frequency with which we invest and building up slowly is how average people build wealth. If you're a high income earner, you can afford to max out your Roth IRA or, you know, probably not a Roth IRA, but your traditional IRA, you know, in one fell swoop, whatever. But not everyone can do that. So if you are somebody who, you know, is finding it hard to max out your retirement accounts, set up an auto invest today and invest every month, no matter how little it is for the rest of your working life. I appreciate that you highlighted this one because I would agree. I think it's one of the, again, most attainable, most helpful gifts to our future selves. Again, if everything else feels overwhelming, you're not certain what to do, you know you're not going to hire somebody, investing has never been on your radar, at least do this. At Mm -hmm. least contribute to your 401k. At least open a Roth IRA and invest regularly. Yes. Um, again, and and I love the permission too that you're highlighting of even if it's 10 bucks, hopefully you can do more and do more as you're able, but mm-hmm. just get the consistency going. Yeah, maybe just get that 401k match if you have access to it. I don't I don't care if you're paying off debt, if you're trying to save an emergency fund, if you're saving to redo your kitchen. I don't care what you're doing. <laughs> Who are you talking to now? <laughs> I feel I feel called out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying there's no excuses, just a little bit every month for the rest mm-hmm. of your working life. Beautiful. Number four on here is use just one discount broker. You don't have to be all over the place. Just find one, such as Vanguard or Fidelity, Charles Schwab, all the... Did I even say that right? Schwab. <laughs> Schwab. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough one. All right. so cute, Jill. You're so cute. <laughs> they, they all have the capabilities necessary to accommodate the type of investing that, you know, we would do, most listeners would be doing. And so by making a commitment to just one of them, not only can you receive potentially some added benefits once you reach a certain threshold or level, but you can also see your entire portfolio at once in Mm -hmm. in one snapshot. And I think that's a huge component here. We just, we want to talk about ease of accessing these things, knowing what's happening, knowing where our money is, how it's growing. If we've got things all over the place, like, it's like, where did I put my car keys? Well, how about we just find one place that we generally keep our car keys? (laughs) <laughs> we always know where our car keys are. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a silly illustration, but you get the point. So mm-hmm. this is, again, if we're talking minimalist investing, simple investing, something that is going to be attainable for us that will have longevity to it, this is another one of those. Just having one broker, keeping everything there. They've got, most of these places have what you need. You don't, you don't need to have 10 different spots. Yeah. And if you're 
trying to figure out where do I open my Roth IRA or do I need to move it or something. If you want to have a purely like minimalist portfolio, you definitely, I mean, I would say just open a Roth IRA wherever your 401k is at. And most, Fidelity is a huge offerer of 401ks. It's a great place to also open a Roth IRA. Charles Schwab is great. Vanguard is great. If you don't have a great 401k, then you can use one of those. And you can just use something like personal capital, which aggregates all of your accounts into one place. You can see everything in the same place there. We also like M1 if you want a robo-advisor. So what a robo-advisor is, it's just like creates a more complex portfolio for you and auto-rebalances it. I don't know if you can choose how often, but typically I, I think it's quarterly that it rebalances for you. So that, if you don't want to have anything to do with any of this, M1 Finance is, there's no fee. I think that's the main reason that I like it because a lot of robo-advisors charge a 0.25% fee to manage on top of the fees on the index funds. And that's not huge. But if you can avoid it, why not? And M1 Finance doesn't charge it. So, and if you open a Roth IRA there, you can support the show. Spoiler alert frugalfriendspodcast.com slash M1. But um, so yeah, so those are kind of like our our favorites. But honestly, having as few accounts as possible is our favorite too. <laughs> so so that's much that. freedom in that. Yeah. And then the last one I thought was really interesting. And this is going to be really cool for all of our FIRE people, like our financial independence enthusiasts, is only access your accounts from a computer. So if you are the type to obsessively check your accounts, it says, I quote, is a futile exercise. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't look at it. It's not important enough to have on your phone to check at any hour of the day. Like you don't, human behavioral economics and behavioral like psychology really encourages us not to do that. Mm -hmm. So only have it on your computer and check it occasionally and maybe don't even check it when there's like a big like crash going on. Just don't let like don't let yourself be tempted by that. So <laughs> it's such a good tip. Yeah. And I think really helps us to understand how investing works. Mm-hmm. I think we can see these people who are constantly checking accounts and it's like, that's not the right way to go about it. It's not how investing actually works. It's not how you're going to see return on your investments is by constantly checking it. A watch right. pot never boils. All right. Oh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I loved all of these tips and I think they're all so true. Like, like from one through five, like you could have, you can have a one, a totally balanced one fund portfolio. So there's that. You can get away with checking it once a year and rebalancing it. You can set up auto invest once and never look at it again. You could have one discount broker and do everything from the same place and then only access it from one place. Like, that is how easy mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. And yeah, that's, I wholeheartedly believe all of these. I'm putting you on the spot here. But for our listeners who are very new to this concept, when you say check it once a year and rebalance, how are you using that word rebalance? AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. 
It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Well, so that gets into our next article. Ooh, let's do it. <laughs> That's, um, you didn't even know you were segueing, did you? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I know what I'm doing. Oh, good, good, good. Okay. <laughs> so, so our next article is called Three Simple Portfolios, How Investing Like a Minimalist Can Maximize Your Results. And this is from Chris Reining? Reining? I'm sorry, Chris. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, Charles Schwab. (laughs) (laughs) Charles Schwab don't care. (laughs) Chuck don't care. But yeah, so when I say rebalancing, I mean getting your investments back into balance in the ratios that we talk about in these three minimalist portfolios. So if you have, like I was saying, like a one fund portfolio, like we're going to talk about, you actually don't need to rebalance it. It rebalances, like whoever runs it rebalances it for you. So like a, a Vanguard or Fidelity, they'll do it for you. And they're not even robo-advisors. So like you don't even need a robo-advisor for that. But if you choose the two or three fund portfolios, or if you have other funds or stocks you want to dive into, then you only need to rebalance into the ratios that you decide you want. So if you pick one of these and you love it and you want to stick with it, then probably if we have a good year, stocks are going to grow faster than bonds. So by the end of one year, where if you wanted 60% stocks and 40% bonds, by the end of the year, you're probably maybe going to be somewhere around 70% stocks and 30% 
bonds just because of the disproportionate growth. And so in that case, if you want to stick with that 60-40, you have to rebalance and sell some of your trade, some of your stocks for bonds. So that's what that means. Mm. You can also not care and just let your stocks keep like going and going. If you are far away from retirement, that's kind of the approach I take. I take a very lazy approach to investing. Not as minimalist, but just lazy uh, because (laughs) we don't plan to retire early. Well, not that early. So we're still pretty far away from retirement. So it's like I can be, we can be volatile. We can be aggressive. So we're just, you know, seeing where the market takes us. We can take risks and be lazy. Mm -hmm. We got time. I mean, you really can be lazy with this. It's fine. So yeah, we'll take a look at three different minimalist portfolios. And these are what you put into your, again, primarily Roth IRA. A lot of 401ks will give you these options too. So you can completely put these into your 401k, 403b, 457, whatever, if they're available. Sometimes they won't be. But at least the one fund should be. But Jill, what do you think about this article? Well, this article just spoke to me off the bat because there's a picture of a van, like camper van, like tiny, <laughs> tiny home living. And I'm like, okay, I, I could do this. And they're talking about investing. This is great for me. Yes. But also, I really appreciated what they had to say in their introduction, even before they talk about the different types of portfolios just giving some supportive arguments for minimalist investing. And I love this quote that they utilize, which comes from the 12-step program, but take what you want, leave the rest. Mm -hmm. And I think too, this is such a mantra of frugality in all aspects. We love talking about minimalism, simplicity, eco-friendly, eco-sustainability, all of these things. And this is that idea of take what you want, take what you need, but leave the rest. We don't have to be greedy with it all. And similarly with investing, we can go get what you need, get what you want, but don't feel like you've got to do everything that everybody is saying you should be doing. You don't got to be Mm -hmm. checking it constantly, moving things, having money all over the place. So there's freedom in that. Absolutely. I also like what they have to say about financial advisors. <laughs> you know, no shade to financial advisors. There's a, a time and a place and can be really, really helpful. I've enjoyed talking with my financial advisor friends on this. But this concept of we a lot of times can correlate complexity with being better And that's not always the case. Like sometimes simplicity is better. And a lot of times there is pressure on financial advisors to constantly be tinkering and tweaking with your investments so that you feel as though you're getting your money's worth. And I've actually heard this from some of my financial advisor friends. I mean, obviously they believe in their profession and I I think it's a It's a great aim in life. But we were even talking with one of our friends recently who who does this for people, like manages others' portfolios. And he's like, I've got one client who wants me to call him 
the second that there's a, a, a dip or a rise in the market or like just before when I see that the trend is going this direction and he's just like, I don't, I don't, wh- who does he think I am? Like, I, <laughs> I don't have a magic wand. I don't know. And even then, like, you don't want to be reactionary, but that's, that's just mm-hmm. it. I think sometimes if we think we've got a financial advisor, we want to see them doing something. They feel the pressure of it. And so we're not actually getting that much return on our investments when we go with a financial advisor oftentimes. They've got some really interesting studies listed in this article that have been done. That, that One was researchers performed a sting operation, which is kind of a funny <laughs> term to be talking about within the investment world, but it's the term they used in this research. Uh, I love it. They did a sting operation of sending hundreds of fake clients to actual real financial advisors and found that the advisors were encouraging these clients to chase returns. They recommended strategies that lined their own pockets and pushed expensive active funds. And there's another research uh, project that was done that had similar results to it. So it's just interesting. I think, Mm -hmm. again, we're all different. Personal finance is personal. For some, it absolutely makes sense. But also know that if you are choosing to do this on your own, simply, minimally, you're not going wrong in that direction either. It is possible to make wise financial investing decisions without paying somebody to help you with that. Absolutely. I think financial advisors are best for high net worth individuals. They offer a lot of tax, tax loss harvesting and and tax benefits and a lot of things that when you have a lot of money, uh, you don't necessarily have time or desire to learn to do yourself. And like, that's when they are really beneficial. And some won't even take you unless you have like, 100,000, you know, invested or 500,000. So like there's a reason for that. If I was a rich girl, then I would have, we have a financial advisor. Don't, <laughs> don't don't sing anymore. We'll have okay. to pay for it. Um so I want to <laughs> touch on another quote from this article. It's a smidge different, but it's from Morgan Housel and he is he's like he's like our I don't want to say Kim Kardashian, but he's maybe our Chloe Kardashian <laughs> in the personal finance world. He's Hello so well. great. And so he, this guy actually interviewed him. I don't know who, who the writer of this is, but like, cool for him. Morgan Housel told him, I'm actually now down to the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index and Berkshire Hathaway. My entire net worth is now literally a checking account, a house, and those two stocks. I don't think it needs to be more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Mic drop. And Morgan Housel is, um, he is a smart guy in personal, in finance. So if he's saying it, I mean, I wouldn't recommend, I don't necessarily uh, desire to have this portfolio. Morgan probably has more money than me. So I don't know. But I thought it was really interesting that somebody that knows so much about personal finance literally just has like one stock and and total stock market index is a fund rather than a stock. But he could have an ETF, which is traded on the stock market. So, you know, he could technically have two stocks. But Berkshire Hathaway is um, Warren Buffett's like holding his his thing. Um, And people love Warren Buffett. So, 
Yeah, I thought that was really he ate McDonald's every day. Yeah, I mean, who who doesn't <laughs> love that? Who doesn't love? It? So we're those are need those are not the portfolios we're going to be talking about in this article, but it is an option again, as something that you can like take and leave. And we're not even going to cover ratios in this, but we'll we'll just cover the actual like what's in it. So, yeah, the first one is the one fund portfolio. And this is a typically referred to as a target retirement fund. Fidelity calls them freedom funds. But what it is, is a fund that starts out, you choose it based on like when you think you're going to retire. So I started with a 2055 target date fund. And this is typically the default choice in a 401k plan that offers the fund. So if you opt in and turn it on and you're investing in it, getting the match, and you haven't picked anything, typically, if it's run by Fidelity or Vanguard, this is what you're going to be in, is one of these target retirement funds. And that's totally fine. If you don't want to think about rebalancing a portfolio ever, totally fine. It has slightly higher fees than if you were to do a DIY fund, like a two or three. So that's why people who study this stuff tend to promote the two and three fund portfolio more. But a one fund portfolio is totally fine. It's great. It's awesome. It's, it's something. I love it. I love it. I, <laughs> yeah. It's great it's and you're doing something. something. Like it's not <laughs> It's not just like something. It's like a good option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it will rebalance, get more conservative the closer you get to that target date that's the fund is named after, which is theoretically your retirement date. If you want something a little more aggressive, you can go out, you can get something like that's, you know, five or 10 years after you kind of plan to retire. So it's even customizable in that you're not stuck with one choice. You can you can pick any of them. But yeah, so it will auto rebalance for you. The reason I'm not in it, A, is because like I study this stuff and so I'm I like picking and rebalancing, but also because it was a little too conservative for me. I'm a more aggressive investor. So I wanted more stocks and equities than the one fund one fund portfolio offered. Um, but if you're nervous about it, you're you know a little weary. Uh, one fund portfolio, great, great solid choice for beginners mm, and not beautiful. beginners, just for anybody, right. for anybody. Yeah. So the second example and option is the two fund portfolio. So the examples given here is through Fidelity. This could look like having a total market index and U.S. bond index. If using Vanguard, this might look like total stock market index, total bond market index. So again, just examples depending on if you're using Fidelity or Vanguard, but that's what a two-fund portfolio might look like. Yeah, and the the ratios vary based on how, like what you want. I think typical advice, this is not advice, uh, typical like recommendations have been have your age in bonds. So like I'm 32, so somebody would just say have 32% in bonds and the rest in stocks. So 
And that's typically what the one fund portfolio will kind of try to do. But that's the one that Morgan Housel was saying, the total stock market index. That's the fund like he's almost entirely in. Most of our portfolio is in the Vanguard total stock market index. This is something that people... I've seen t-shirts with the VTSAX. It just, all it says is VTSAX. People love, and that's the symbol for the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, no, I am serious. Where? You can't. Where? I don't know where they get them. I don't know where no, they get where them. where were you that oh. you saw this? <laughs> oh, I was at FinCon. I was okay. at a financial media conference. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, but this exists. Like, people love this fun. You don't see the V, uh, B, uh, I don't, T, S, T, X or whatever, the bond. <laughs> I should make that one. We should make that shirt. It's just the bond fund. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I want to point out here too, is that when you go and look at, or, or when you hear returns, like a lot of people will use 10% as a average return when they're doing math on the stock market, because that's uh, what the S&P 500 has returned over um, its lifetime, which that was in the 50s, I think the S&P 500 switched um, and cut out like a a number of funds. And I think that since then it's had like an 8%. But since it's never recommended to be a hundred percent in stocks or a hundred percent in equities, I think we can we can all agree like you don't hear anybody recommend that. You're gonna have some bonds which like don't return like that at all. Mm-hmm. So it's I like to use a seven percent when I'm doing math mm. because that accounts for inflation, it accounts for, you know, bare ample markets over time and having bonds, you know. So that's kind of how I do it and why I do it. You can do it to however you want. Hey, it's it's better to underpromise and overdeliver. Better yeah. to be surprised that in, in time you see 10% return but anticipate 7. Yeah. So when I was starting out, I did the two fund portfolio. Well, I, when I was starting out, I did the one fund and then when I got hit the minimums for the two funds in Vanguard, this was when the minimums were higher. But um, then I transferred to I did a two fund portfolio and I did 90 percent equities and 10 percent bonds. So like I'm really aggressive, but I still have some bonds. Mm. And so that's a, like a really common ratio. 60, 40 stocks to bonds, also really common. So pick what feels good to you. And, and go with that, and then once a year, rebalance it to get back to whatever feels good to you. Beautiful. So that's it. And then buy a shirt that says, you know, VTSAX or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's when you're real deep, though. That's, yeah, that's when you're real deep. So once you increase your net worth, um, we were too fun for a long time, and then we actually had a meeting with a financial advisor who recommended we upgrade to a three fund portfolio. So that's where we mostly are now, plus some like play around funds. But the bulk of our portfolio is still two fund, but we have added a total international fund. So international equities, because the US is not the only place where businesses are. 
There what? are businesses in China and uh, the UK and Japan. Like <laughs> You mean to tell me people are working around the world? Right. Do you drive a Toyota <laughs> or a Hyundai or a Subaru? Like those are not American. And yeah, I love my Toyotas, even though I don't have Toyota right now. Yeah. But that's another story. So having some cash in international equities can help just like diversify the portfolio even more. And diversification theoretically protects it from the ups and downs of the American market. So yeah, that, I mean, then you get into the weeds and how you can like divvy up this. I think we were told for us, 15% is good to have there. Um, And they didn't say to change the bond allocation at all. But um, so yeah, there is, if you are interested in learning more about that, you can just search for Bogleheads, which is are you probably sure? the same. Those I are probably the people. I can in and I won't get a virus on my computer. <laughs> right. Uh, those are the probably the people that made the VTSAX shirt. But it's the creator of Vanguard is Jack Bogle, and he has like a fan club. And they religiously promote the three fund portfolio. And so that is, those are the minimalist portfolios. That's it. Just those. Yeah. That's it. When everybody's asking you about all these new gadgets and new things and you can just say, I I decided already. <laughs> this is what I'm going with. And and you know what? I love this last um part at the where he's wrapping up and he's saying ninety nine point nine 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 percent of investing is doing nothing. Mm. Do you feel validated, Jen? Yeah, I mean, I've I didn't feel bad before, but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but you called yourself lazy, and now you can just That's know what, you, I, I meant you're that doing as the right thing. Yeah, I meant that as a compliment. Work, I work more efficiently, um, uh. so work smarter, not harder. And and so this guy says his entire net worth is an S and P five hundred index, a handful of stocks, a condo, and a checking account. So this guy also very minimalist. And honestly, like between the S&P 500 and the total stock market index, you won't find a big difference. Don't like overanalyze like, oh, should I be in both? It's it's not, it doesn't make a big difference. They're both, the total stock market is primarily the S&P 500 companies because they're so big. You know, it just has those smaller companies in there as well. So that's why I like it a little bit more than the S&P 500, because I like to have the smaller size companies, too, because mm. why not? They're there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. You know what else is here and why not? And you know, we that love I just it. Like to have. Yeah. The, the bill, bill of the week. time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. Hey ladies, this is Peyton from Jacksonville, Florida. I first of all love the pod, love that it feels uplifting and inclusive and just makes me smile whenever I listen to it. it makes something like budgeting and frugality 
be fun. My bill of the week is that I signed up for a meal kit subscription and I know that is not normally a very frugal choice, but I work three jobs, <laughs> um, one full-time, one uh, contract, and then one part-time. And I am also involved in a lot of stuff and running around. And I have, I before I signed up, I subsisted on eating spaghetti and I would batch make pancakes and I felt so gross. But I signed up for the meal kit and they sent it over to my house and I can cook the meals. And it is a bill that I am so happy to pay. <laughs> because it saves me a lot of time and just a lot of mind space that I can put toward other things. And I kind of try to make it frugal. I signed up for one of the cheaper options, even though it does a little bit less of the prep work for me. And I also signed up to get two servings in every meal and I'll have one for dinner and then one for lunch. So I am paying to have dinners and lunches. So love that. Love you guys and hope you're doing good. Bye. Oh, Peyton, we love a good meal plan or meal kit in busy seasons of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you're working three jobs and you're on your own and you find that you're just not able to then like value and prioritize food, which is so important to keep you running Mm -hmm. because that's what you're doing when you've got three jobs. I get it. I support it. And that's, again, that's what frugality is about is where are the values and time is important and valuable too and what we choose to put that towards. So I love that this is creating some convenience and just giving your body better nutrition. Yeah, definitely. And you also like have to play this game of like, what is a better use of my time? If I have the emotional, physical, mental capacity to work and make this, you know, this much money every week. But I and and I can get a meal kit versus buying groceries, and so I spend a little bit more here, but I'm still the inflow of cash is higher doing it this way than it is not working that third job and just trying to save on groceries. So like you you do the math and you see like what is, you know, better and mm-hmm. yep. while still being sustainable and not yep. going to burn out. Uh, so we all pay for that. convenience. Don't let people mm-hmm. hate on you for because I know everyone loves to talk about slashing grocery budget. And, and we talk about that constantly. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Jen, in busy seasons and recognizing what else you're able to do with your time, it's totally permissible because while yes, you're paying for convenience, I do imagine it, it's not astronomical like sometimes we do imagine, especially when you're repurposing those dinners. It's mm-hmm. awesome, Peyton. I'm so glad for you. Love that. If you have a bill, whether it's a, a subscription that you really value, you're glad to be paying for it for what it affords and makes available for your life, or you just know a person named Bill, and maybe they're the ones who deliver your, your meal kit subscription. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. <laughs> you're, you know, anything related to Bill, because we keep it loosey-goosey, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash Bill. Leave us a bill. We're excited to hear it. Loosey-goosey. <laughs> This Bill of the Week is brought to you by following us on 
Instagram. So we are posting more regularly on Instagram. We're sharing tips from the episodes, where to find our lovely guests and the people who write the articles we talk about, and the occasional fun video where we make fun of couponing, but not really. I <laughs> Sometimes we hang out late at night and we find things funny and we video record it. And it may or may not make it on Instagram. Sometimes our husbands are like, you guys think that you're more funny than you actually are right now. Finally, we're just like, stop it. Let's let the world decide. (laughs) And then the world decides and we cry. But... If you are on Instagram and you want to see some visual reinforcement from these episodes, if you just want to see our faces more in the form of short vids and infographics, follow us over at Google Friends Podcast. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, and now, now it's, it's time, time for, for the lightning, lightning round. Someday, Jen, you got to just scare me with your lightning round. I don't think I will. <laughs> I so. want to shake in my boots, <laughs> which are actually my slippers. I am actually wearing running shoes right now because I have an ankle injury and they're the most padded shoes that I own. Yeah. But anyways, today's lightning round is going to be us sharing our versions of minimalist portfolios. And we do it differently. And we even do it. I mean, we love all of the tips from the articles we read, but we even do it differently from that. So again, this is really something you need to 
make your own. And if somebody is telling you, this is the way to do it, do it my way, there's no other way, or my way beats the market more, don't run from those. Run from everything that those people are saying. So I will go first um, because in all honesty, I don't have a minimalist portfolio in terms of funds. I have uh, probably fewer funds than most. Not most. I don't know. I like to, I have some funds I like to play around with. I have some like ESG funds, which is um, environment, social governance, like focused funds. I have some medical funds like that are just health related because I, spoiler, invest in my values, you know, so I value health. And so I like to, you know, play around with that. I was an acupuncturist for five years. So those yeah, we are don't things. talk about that enough. Such uh, no. a cool background. <laughs> But yeah, so that's something I'm interested in, so I invest in it. And environmental sustainability, something I'm passionate about, something I invest in. So I think the key that we try to get across in the short one-hour time span we have with you each week is to tell you this is just one way to do it. This is the easiest way, maybe. But then you get you graduate from easy. You should graduate from easy. Like, you know, we do, we did the baby steps from Dave Ramsey when we were starting out. Those were easy. And then we learned more and we graduated from them, you mm-hmm. know? So this is like the path of least resistance. Yeah. I'm still um, working towards graduation. <laughs> you know, still just like eyeing out that cap and gown. Thanks to this podcast and you, Jen, I actually have a retirement investment account. So it's that is the on- greatest accomplishment of this entire three probably, and a half years. Probably setting you up with a Roth IRA. <laughs> yes. And Jen literally did do it and in her living it. room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's on auto draft. So really, that what was it? Tip number three from the first article. I'm doing that, and Most I could not one. be more pleased for that. And, you know, when we're talking about net worth for us, (laughs) you're calling me out on it, Jen, but our house is part of that and building up to a point where we can bring in money with our current real estate situation and then invest more. That's what my sites are on next. Yeah. I just don't want you to ever turn off your auto draft. Nope. No matter how I'm increasing it. I've increased it. I love that. Since I, you set me up with it. I love that about you. Thanks, I Jen. I love that. I think yeah. I love your championing me in it. I will champion everyone. I want anybody that starts investing from this episode or does something, takes action at all, you DM us at Frugal Friends Podcast. I'm going to celebrate you. Yes. Like I want to celebrate you. Yes. I love it. Yeah, that's probably the most minimalist thing about my portfolio is that I don't look at it often. Mm -hmm. I trade once a year if I'm lucky. And then, yeah, I'm on auto draft. So every month the money comes out and it just does it. And I, we do, we max out our Roth IRAs, uh, Travis and I each. And that's kind of like, honestly, the only thing we do right now, we don't even invest in 401ks. And some people are going to be like, (gasps) well, A, because I don't have a 401k, I'm Mm self-employed and I haven't set up a solo one. And 
Travis's 401k options are really bad. So we decided we want to invest in real estate instead. Beautiful. So instead of tying up the money, you know, we're still doing 12 grand a year. Mm-hmm. That's not in, that's nothing to shake your ha- your stick at. Um, <laughs> now I got a stick. Shaking it. That at is people. a that's a saying. Poking so, them, shaking it. So yeah, that's how we do it. I don't think any like financial expert has a perfect portfolio. Yeah. I like want to I know them. I like know these people and nobody has the perfect portfolio. You shouldn't have a perfect portfolio. Because everyone's situation is unique, right? Like even though the majority of advice is going to say you should have a Roth IRA and a 401k, well, what happens when both you and your spouse don't have that option available to you? And Mm -hmm. the 401b doesn't make sense. And is it 403b? What is it? I'm sorry, 403b. Yeah, 403b... um, Plans are notorious for being horrible, like with very high fee annuities. We're getting into the weeds now, but I will say if you have a 403B that's very high fee, 403BWISE.org, really great resource, um, mainly for teachers. I know we have a lot of teachers that listen. Mm. So um, it's a great resource on maybe how it might be possible for you to get in a better type of plan so you still have that tax-advantaged option in addition to a Roth IRA. So that's all for this episode. I know it was a lot, but definitely reach out to us on Instagram if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Again, this was for educational purposes only. This is not financial advice. If you want specific advice for your personal situation, then reach out to a certified financial planner, a fiduciary CFP. And now with that disclaimer, please don't sue us. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for your kind reviews. Thank you for not leaving one-star reviews if you don't agree with 100% of what we say. Like Ogre Joel, who left a five-star review and said, I love the accessible, fun way these ladies teach about finance and frugality. I laugh out loud during each episode and have learned so much. A new episode every Friday keeps me motivated and on track with my financial goals. Yes. Mm. Such a great and encouraging review. Thank you, Ogre Joel. Thank you, Ogre Joel. We also thank our friends who share these episodes on social media. So when you share the latest episode and tag us on Facebook or Instagram, and like we said, we're hanging out more on Instagram, so mm-hmm. hit us up there, tag so us we there. So we're going to see it. We're more likely go to see it now. <laughs> we are adding you to our monthly drawing. So the way that that works, for every five tags and reviews we get each month, we give away a copy of the Frugal Friends Workbook. If you've been listening to us long enough, you know that that Frugal Friends Workbook comes with with two downloads. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it's a, that's a two for one reward. Yes. And this is the last month you'll be able to get the Frugal Friends workbook. I know I said that a few months ago, but um, I realized we didn't have anything else to give you. But starting next month, we will. Uh, we so a new thing. Yeah. And you can no longer buy the workbook anymore. So that is a thing. This is no, this workbook's no longer for sale. So keep leaving us those reviews on iTunes or Stitcher and sending the screenshot to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tag us on social. See you next week. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani.
I sat next to this guy on a plane once and he must have paid for the internet on the plane to then be able to constantly look at his stocks and investments. He was just like, and, and he was like fiendish about it too. I, like, I swear he was sweating and his thumbs were going <laughs> a mile a minute. And at first I thought like, oh man, like he's really being productive on this flight. I'm just queuing up a movie. And then I'm like, mm, actually, he doing too much though. <laughs> You can definitely do too much. Yeah. You can do and you too know much. He wanted the people next to him to see what he was doing. Like he wanted people to be looking mm-hmm. over and realizing, yeah. oh yeah, look at him. He's got investment accounts mm. and he must know about them and be oh, keeping yeah. track of them. He got that uh, big stonk energy. <laughs> I think it was it was probably honestly Bitcoin that he was trading. <laughs> oh God. Uh, I gotta buy this internet on the plane because there's no time to waste. I gotta keep mining. I gotta keep mining. <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Our our friend Chris Browning, um, he said I, he said it so eloquently. He's like investing should be like watching paint dry. Oh. That's that's I mean, yeah, it should great. not be an exciting endeavor. No. And I I think it's good to like it's good to have conversations with people that don't agree with you because there are some people who believe that actively managed mutual funds are superior to passive index funds that you can manage yourself. And it's good to remember that that ideology is still out there. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's not as mainstream anymore. And <laughs> I, I haven't met one person in finance that agrees that actively managed, like commission-based money managers that hawk these actively managed funds. Because there are some actively managed funds that are pretty legit. Like if you're super into a certain type of sector, some of those can only be bought actively managed. Mm. But I'm talking about like the 5% front load um, type of funds. Like there are still people that believe that those are superior. And so the work we're doing is good for people. If your financial advisor doesn't take a fee and he makes money on your investments – they may not be promoting the best investments for you. Well, we'll see those people in 30 years and compare notes. Oh, uh, catch me on Instagram. We'll talk about it. (laughs) Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. 
I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.